Blog Talk Radio. You sent your word to heal me, body, mind, and soul. You took strides to make me Really 
wants us to hold on to those things. So as we go into our study today, we're asking the Lord to speak to us, have the Holy Spirit to lead and guide and direct us into all truth and righteousness, even as we listen to the Word of God, as we listen to the music, as we listen, we want God to just minister to us and and, and tell us what's the next step, what's next to be going on in our life. And we thank Him because we know that He's there for us. So as we go into Ezekiel, we know that this is a situation with the children of Israel, with the nation of Israel, and they're going through some things where they've turned away from God. They're going through some things where God is seeing what what they're doing and how they've turned from him. But before we go into that, we want to always welcome God into what we're doing and give him praise, glory, and honor into the word of God in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you right now, O oh God. We give your name all the praise and all the glory. Right now, God, we thank you for everything that you're doing in our life. We thank you for renewing our mind through the word of God. And we thank you, O oh God, for helping us to deal with our fears, our shortcomings, our discouragements. God, as we cry out to you for help, we know that you're going to guard our hearts and minds. We know right now, oh God, that you're there and you're listening to us and you're telling us what we need to do. But sometimes, God, the situation clouds out your voice. Sometimes, God, the situation clouds out the visions and dreams that we have. So, God, we stay in your word. We stay in your presence so that those things won't take importance over what you're speaking to us, what you're saying to us, God, because we want to keep your promise. We want to keep your covenant. We want to understand through revelation what you are saying, oh God, because we don't want to perish, God. We have no desire to perish. We have no desire to have lack of knowledge. So God, as we study your word, God, as we listen to your voice, as the Holy Spirit directs us, oh God, Father, right now we begin to open our hearts to you, our minds, oh God, that we receive what you're saying. We receive what you're you're giving to us, oh God. And as we ask you for things in prayer, oh God, as we read your word, we know we will get the revelation to help us to believe and to receive what you're directing us to do, what you're speaking to us right now in Jesus' name. For God, we know that you would never leave us, nor will you forsake us, oh God. We know, oh God, that... Whatever we're going through, oh, God, that you want us to, to give us rest in that area, oh, God. And, God, we cast all our cares upon you, God. We look to the hills from which cometh our help because we know that our help comes from you. We know, oh, God, that you're our comforter. You're our guide, oh, God. And we want to do things that are pleasing in your sight, Father. We thank you right now, oh, God. We give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. So we want to go over into Ezekiel 37 and 11. Now, as we speak about dry bones, as we speak about what the nation of Israel was going through at that time, we began to realize that they turned away from God and that they began to serve other gods. They began to do things that didn't please God. It was actually irritating him what they were doing because he had done so much for them in the past that he he really wanted that to be the foundation that he'll continue to carry them on into the future, into the present, into the now. But because we are see, feel, touch people, we feel like we got to have something in front of us, tangible, in order to believe and to walk according to the will of God. And so we cling on to things that we see and what we hear and what is tangible to us and what may work for us instantly because that's easier for us to comprehend. It's easier for us to understand. But God is saying he wants us to believe in the supernatural. He wants us to walk according to his word. He wants us to look up to heaven and know that he's taking care of us. He wants us to look up to heaven and know that when we pray, he's answered us, and to know that when we ask him for something, he's going to give it to us, and to know that even though we don't see it, it's coming. That's what God wants from us. And he wants us to begin to do this in the supernatural, and he has to begin to build us in that area. Because if we always see it, then we won't walk in the supernatural. If we always had the opportunity to touch it, then supernatural we would not need because we'd always search to touch, to feel. 
So God is a God of our supernatural. He's a God of our faith. And once you begin to grow in that, he can begin to use us to help others to grow by faith. But as long as we believe by what we see, then we hinder ourselves in growing in the power and the knowledge of who God really is in our lives. And he said, well, how do you know God is real? How do you know the supernatural is real? Well, we're living, number one. Number two, if you think back on all the things he's done for you in the past that no man could do for you, that's your second testimony. If he's healed your body without a doctor or even with a doctor, then that's another one. But think back on your own life, and he's already given you a testimony of how he has brought you through. And that's how you can help others begin to grow. It's by telling them the goodness of God through what he's done for you. Because now it's stapled in your heart. Now it's something that you have experienced and lived and and touched and felt on your own. Nobody had to tell you about it. The supernatural. Or when you have a dream and God begins to minister to you in that dream and it actually comes to pass. The supernatural. So as God began to speak to Ezekiel, he began to tell them, to tell him, of what's going on. And he said, I'm going to raise you up to do this for me. Because they weren't listening to God. They weren't heeding the warnings of God. They weren't meditating on his word the way that they should have been. And it goes on to say, in verse 11, 37, Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you, and you will live, and I will settle in your and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I am the Lord, that I have spoken, and I have done this, declares the Lord. So as we go up a little bit before that, God was speaking to Ezekiel concerning a valley of dry bones, which was the children of Israel at this time. They were they were dry. They, they felt hopeless. They felt like, uh, once again, God was not there. And, and going um, previous to that, God was saying that they had idols in front of them and the sun that they worshipped, and behind them was his temple. So instead of them turning toward the temple, they began to do the sun and the idols, and that disturbed God because he is their God. He's the one that has always brought them out and brought them through. And no matter how much they worshipped those idols, they could never get an answer from them. So it was as if they just said, we're going to do this again because at some point this idol has got to answer us. So this gets God to the point where he's irritated and he's angry with them because he knows what he's done, they know what he's done, but yet they continue to turn away from him. And he said to them that Israel has become dry bones in the valley. And this was a spiritual vision that he took Ezekiel through. Because Ezekiel said he took me up which means when we experience something in the supernatural and we begin to see the vision of what God wants us to do and where God is taking us, he shows us in the supernatural. And he begins to show us through symbols and and different designs or whatever to get our attention, to let us know that this is him speaking. This is not no dream you're having. But I need you to go and do a work for me. And when God has called you to go and do that work and you don't understand it, just pray and give him time because he's going to release that vision to you completely. He's not going to give it to you partly and send you out there naked. He did not send Ezekiel naked, but he sent him out there fully dressed 
after giving him the vision of the people. He said they they have become as dry bones. And this was a spiritual death they were going through. This was spiritual dry bones that he was showing. God said they refused to listen to me. They refused. So God said, can these dry bones live? But God knew he could bring them back to life as long as Ezekiel followed him. And he had to fully submit to God. And even though we find that a situation seems to be dead, seems it cannot come back to life, God is letting us know that no matter what you see in the supernatural, it is possible. Nothing is too hard for God. So whatever we see in the, in the natural, if we begin to pray in the supernatural, God can begin to touch that area in your life. And he will change it around for your good. So what was meant for bad or for evil or for shame, God is saying, let me turn it around by you turning to me. But we can't serve other gods and then expect God to use his supernatural to bring us out. Because then we give the other God the glory instead of God. So God has to know that we're completely committed to him. We trust him. We're praying to him. We're asking him. We're seeking him. We're committed to his covenant. We love him. And then he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, and above what we could ask or think. Serving false gods and false doctrines is what they did. And God said, we can't serve two masters. Which one are you going to listen to? The word of God? Or something that statistics have shown you to be true. Something that a report has shown you 10 out of this can do it this way and 20 out of that can do it the other way. And, and you say, well, God, this is what they're saying. But God said, I am all seeing and I am all knowing. And I can just blow those statistics out of the water and do what it has not been done. So as we begin to look at our situation, and we say, and we and we look at what God told Ezekiel to do, and he said, look, I need you to prophesy to those dry bones. And all of this is happening in the spirit realm, which means it's going to manifest in the natural realm. Because he took charge of it in the spiritual, God is able to bring it into the natural. And when you, you begin to prophesy to something, that means that you are to indicate something beforehand, before it actually happened. You are declaring it in a divine way before it happens. You are in agreement with God's supernatural power. You are in agreement with heaven, the angels, and the Holy Spirit. When you begin to prophesy God's word over a situation, and you begin to plead the blood and let the devil know that this is one thing he's not taking away from you, whether it be your children, your home, your, your physical possessions, your body ailments, whatever it is. He's saying we need to spiritually speak to that situation. Spiritually speak, which means get down in prayer and begin to tell the devil what he is not going to do in your life. Don't get down complaining, but you begin to fight the fight. And you begin to prophesy what will happen in that situation. Not what you hope or think should happen, but what will happen in that situation. Devil, you are not going to take my house because God gave me this house. He blessed me with this house. And the money will come. The money will come. I will be able to get this done. But you will not take what God has given to me. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And I plead the blood over my house right now. That God right now, everything I touch in this house belongs to you. Devil, I cast you out in the name of Jesus. You have no place in my home. I did not welcome you here. I did not open the door for you to come. So wherever you're at in my home, go now in the name of Jesus. And he has to flee. Because in the supernatural, you've taken control of your atmosphere, your environment. And you continue to do praise in your home. And God will bless. 
It may not happen the first time. It may not happen the second. But you continue to take authority over whatever it is the devil has done. Just like Hezekiah, when he put that letter down and he said, God, look at this. They're coming against me. And when he got sick, he, he began to pray to God to add years to his life. And God supernaturally did it and it manifested into the natural. And he's letting us know that you have the same power. So when you get a foreclosure, when you get a repo letter, whatever it is, take it down in prayer and say, God, I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know how it's going to happen, but devil, you're not taking it from me in the name of Jesus. Father, open up a door, open up heaven. God, let your angels come down, whatever we need to do, God, but I'm relying on you to move in a mighty way. And you stand firm, no matter how many letters come no matter how many phone calls come, no matter how many bad reports come, you stand on what you know and you prophesy to what is dry and God will come in and breathe life into it. So the children of Israel turned against God because they went into their own way. And God didn't want to destroy them, so he had to put life Back into them. He had to revive them. So he had to bring them back to life. And the Bible said he told him to begin to prophesy to the four winds. Can these bones live? Can your situation live? What do you say to God if he asks you that question? Can it live? Can God do the impossible? What do you answer to God when he asks you that question? Do you complain? Do you say, God, I don't know? What is it that you say? If we go into um, verse 4, it says, Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So that tells us it's not your words that's going to bring it to life. It's not what you speak out of your own mouth. But he said, hear the word of God. Hallelujah. So that means you need to grab a scripture for whatever it is you're going through and speak life into that situation. If you're feeling lonely or you feel like God is not there, then grab Hebrews 13 and 5. I will never leave you and I will not forsake you. And you keep repeating that until it gets into your spirit and brings life to your loneliness. Or you can grab Matthew 11 and 28 where he says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But he said, Dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. Grab you a scripture and hold on in your situation. Grab something of God that he has spoken and hold on for the ride. Because the devil does not want you to use the word of God. He wants you to use hope. He wants you to use anything that is not powerful enough to get you through it. But when you use the word of God, it is your power. And the Holy Spirit will come in and empower what you're, what you're saying. Speak. Hear the word of the Lord. And he began to say, now this is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. So then you turn that to yourself, because all of this is a supernatural now. And even though he's using this for the nation of Israel, we can use this on our own exercise. He said, now... Hear what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. Hear what the Sovereign Lord says to this economy. Hear what the Sovereign Lord says to joblessness. Hear what the Sovereign Lord says to sickness and disease that is in my body. He says, I will make breath enter you. And you will come to life. 
So you begin to speak to that situation and tell it you will come to life. As the word of God has spoken, you will come to life. Finances, you will come to life. Sickness and disease, I rebuke you. Body, you will come to life. Death, you have to go. I am not dying. I ain't going nowhere. I am living to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. So sickness and disease, go now. In the name of Jesus. And then he begins to say, I will attach tenants to you. And make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am God. So that means as I speak the word of God to that situation, as I speak the word of God to any dry place in my life supernaturally, that God is saying, it will come to life. And then he's saying, now, the sickness is not going to know that I'm God. The lack of job is not going to know that I'm God. No. That's just the situation. But God said, you will know that I am God. Because the whole purpose of this is that we grow supernaturally. The whole purpose is to bring us closer to God. So he's not allowing this to happen so that sickness or the devil will understand who he is, but that he wants his children to know who he is so that we have something to hold on to from day to day, that we have something to hold on to until he comes back because he loves us so much. So Ezekiel goes on to say in 7, so I prophesied as I was commanded. So God can tell you what to say to that sickness. The Holy Spirit can tell you what to say to whatever it is you're going through. He didn't leave you out there alone just to go searching the whole Bible trying to figure out what to say. But if you begin to go to the Holy Spirit and you say, I need you right now. What do I say to this situation? How do I get this to stop? And the Holy Spirit will say, go and read whatever it is or say this to it. But one thing to that is that you've got to have the word of God in you. How can the Holy Spirit bring something back to your remembrance if you're not reading the word of God, if you don't spend that time with him? Then you're really going to be searching for something or looking for something. But if you spend that time with God, he'll bring it back to your remembrance, and you're able to fight with no problem. He says, so I did. I prophesied as I was commanded. He said, as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. And I looked, and the tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath. So now we're getting an understanding that the first day that I pray, I may not get the full recovery. The first that I pray, I may get a job offer. I may get a phone call for an interview in my first prayer. That's how he answers me. And it's a step-by-step process. After that, I go to the interview. After the interview, I wait to be processed through with the rest of the applicants. After that, then I get a job offer. Then we, you know, we proceed into training after that. So he's saying, I saw everything coming together, but the life was not there yet. But I could see God moving. So <clears throat> when the, the foreclosure notices come and you call the people and they work out a plan with you, that's it, that's coming together. That's it coming together. It's not solved yet. You're not out of foreclosure yet, but it's coming together. And that's God showing us, I'm working with you. I'm, I'm right there. I got you. You're praying for the healing, and you see one day you're feeling better. Then you feel better the next day, and you see the tumor going down, or you see the swelling going down, and you know God is working, even though you want it instant. 
but God progresses it for you in order for you to know, because what he said, then you will know that I am God. That's the whole purpose of this. So when you look at God and you say, why isn't it instant? Because he needs you to know that he's God first. So he progresses it for you so you'll grow and you'll never doubt him again. He said, but there was no breath in them. Even though everything came together, I saw the flesh, I saw the bones come together. It looked like a human being to me. But it wasn't no breath yet. So then he goes on into 9 and he said, then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breathe from the four winds and breathe into this the slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them, and they came to life, and stood up on their feet as a vast army. Now, we got to take that very slowly because we need to get a revelation right there because that's your end right there because verse 7 is your beginning. So in the beginning, everything was coming together. The notes and the phone calls stopped because you were able to talk to the people and God opened a door for you to get a plan together. But now God is saying, okay, we need to stop this altogether. We need to pay this off. We need to do whatever needs to be done. We need to find you a job. We need to do whatever needs to be done. We need to speak life into this situation so that it ends. So now, as you're praying constantly, you're staying before the Lord, and and you're seeking his face, and you're getting into a supernatural realm with him, and you're understanding, and you're, you're climbing up before him, excuse me, that now God is saying, okay, now we're going to put some life into this situation. We're going to end this. So he said, begin to prophesy. And he said, I, I did it as I was commanded. And the breath entered into them, and they came to life and stood up on their feet. Now, all of this is happening in the supernatural. And if you've ever seen a vision or a dream from God, and he progresses you through it, when you wake up, it seems so vivid and so real and so surreal that the colors were, like, really, really vivid to you. And he's saying to them, when he saw these bones, they were dry. But as God began to work with him and mature him into this supernatural thing, he began to be able to prophesy to that situation to make a change happen through the word of God, through the spirit of God. So God is letting us know that even though it looks dead, even though it looks impossible, I can breathe into this situation, but you've got to listen to me. You've got to follow my word. You've got to understand who I am. You've got to know that I am God. So when you begin to prophesy and then you begin to speak life into it, you begin to say, God, breathe into this situation. So now the breath of God comes into the situation. And they say, okay, you know what, you've made enough payments now. You're not as far behind as you used to. Let's go with what it is right now. And now the life is there. Now the relief is there. The stress is gone. You're resting in God now. But before then, there was a lot of stress. And you're like, whoo, the pressure is now gone. Whoo, the doctor said that it's not as bad. It's disappearing. I don't have to stress as much as I used to. There's a life coming now. Life coming in you and life coming into the situation. Because now you allowed God to progressively grow you into and mature you into his word and how he begins to form. So the nation of Israel, he was showing them that once you follow me and you understand and you say exactly what I tell you to say, that the children of Israel will come to life. Because right now they're dead. And I need them to come to life, but I need them to understand it in a way that they won't go backwards again. Because if I do it and they never got an understanding about it, they're going to go back. Because as soon as something else happens, they're going to fall by the wayside again. So God is saying, I don't want you to fall by the wayside again. So we got to do this to the point where you will hold on the next time. Where you won't run to other things and try to seek out other things, but you're going to stand. You won't feel hopeless because now you know I can run to God. I can run to his altar. I can seek his faith. God's whole purpose was for Israel to come alive to focus on him, to live for him. The whole purpose of it is that we we may focus on him. He doesn't want us spiritually dead. His main focus is our spiritual being. 
And once our spiritual being is strong, mature, and alive, then that means the rest of us will be alive. The natural fleshly part of us will now be alive. So he deals with us in the supernatural. Because you may say, well, God, why are you showing me this dream? Why are you showing me this? I need it in the natural, God. I need it right now. And he's saying, I'm trying to tell you how to get it. Because first I've got to show it to you in the supernatural because I'm a supernatural God. And once you understand it in the supernatural, you can begin to present it in the, in the physical. But we have to get into the supernatural of who God is in order for those dry places, those dark places, for God to move in those areas. So we have to go back to our foundation of when we first served God, when we first accepted him into our life, and we said, God, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll say yes, God. I'll never say no. That's where he needs us to be, where everything we say is yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. It's yes, Lord. Not, I don't know, God, well, prove it to me, God, well, show it to me, God. But it's yes, Lord, yes. When we were so hungry for him and we were so open for him that no matter what he did, we just said yes. He wants us back at that place so that he can take us out of the dry bones. He can take us out of the valley. He don't want us living in the valley. But our spiritual man has to be strong. If our spiritual man is not strong, our flesh is going to be weak. If we don't read the word, we don't build the spirit, man, then that means the flesh is weak. So whatever you're battling, it's in the spirit realm that we battle it because we, we battle it through the word of God. You can praise your way out of it, that's good, but you still got to praise it with the word of God. The songs are the word of God. The praise is the word of God. The, the, the worship is the word of God. And the adoration of who God is. But if you don't read the word of God, then you don't know who he is, so how can you worship him? How can you tell him you love him and you don't read about him? How can you say, God, come into my life, and you don't even know what, what, what he wants to do in your life? Because you haven't read the word of God or even what he could do in your life. Everything, your foundation is built on the word of God. He said, I had to speak the word of God to the situation. That's how God was even able to speak to Ezekiel because he knew Ezekiel had the word in him. So God was able to speak to him in the supernatural and take him up into heaven and show him things that he did not know. But if you don't have the word of God in you, God only relates to his word. And if you don't have the word in you, how can he talk to you? How can he minister to you? How can he direct you without the word? It's not possible. He is the word. So when you have a dream, you have a vision, you have a prophecy, whatever it is, it's the word of God. He recalls himself to you. The Bible says the Holy Spirit recalls what we've already learned back to us. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. If you don't read that, how do you know that? And then that's why you begin to turn away from God because you don't know him. Oh, he's not going to do it. Oh, now that one's way too hard for him. Oh, now that one, oh, yeah, that one's way too hard. Because you don't know him. So you can't prophesy to a situation because you have to prophesy the word. You have to plead the blood. What is the blood? Do you know? Why do we even plead the blood? So as we begin to get into God doing this for Israel, and he wanted to bring them back to him, we have to understand the word of God. And he said these, the bones stood up on their feet as a vast army, which means that once God begins to speak to that situation, you will begin to see the army that's fighting on your team. You will begin to see the army that God has prepared for that situation. But you didn't see it before because you were in the flesh trying to see it. You can't see supernatural in the flesh. You have to go into the supernatural. Ezekiel didn't see all of this in the natural man. But he saw this in the spiritual man. And he connected with his God, his word. And God was able to use him to help the children of Israel. So whatever it is that we're going through, and you say, oh, I'm going to prophesy to this situation. Then my question is, what is prophecy? What is it? How do you prophesy to a situation and life comes to it? It's through the word of God, understanding what God wants to do. So then we, we, we end this with verse 11 is where we started from. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the children of Israel. 
And they're saying our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. So as you look at the economy and you look at the joblessness and you just look at the money that you don't have that you used to have or the medical insurance that you had and now you don't have it and you don't know how you're going to get well, all these things that put fear into us and and, and makes us trust God less as we cry out to him, we hope that he will help us, but on the other end, we're saying, God, this might be too much for you. On the other thing, we're saying, God, it's too much for me. I mean, we just got so many things going through us right now, and we, we're we just all over the place. We're just all over the place. But God is saying when we prophesy the word to those bones, and we begin to say to that situation, hear the word of the Lord that he can begin to do some hope into our lives and we won't feel cut off and dried up, but that we will begin to have life through Jesus Christ. And he said, therefore, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord, when I open your graves and bring you up from them. <clears throat> so there's a process. Ezekiel was shown a process of how to get to verse 11. Verse 11 is the ending of what God is going to do. God said, I'm going to open your graves, and I'm going to bring you up from them. So not only am I going to put life into this, but anything that has you buried, whether it be family members that have thrown dirt over you and said she's gone, there's nothing else we can do. And it's not so much as a, a physical death, but it's that death where they see you're trapped in a, in a certain situation. You're trapped in joblessness. You're trapped in unemployment. You're trapped in, in poverty or lack. You're trapped in sickness and disease, and, and they pretty much thrown dirt over it and said it's over, and thrown that last rose on the grave and said it's over. But God is saying, wait, before you accept that condemnation upon your life, I have another report for you to believe. Hallelujah. And my report is going to be life. My report is going to be that I'm going to bring you up out of the grave that everybody else has put you in. My report is that everybody else who's discouraging you or who's talking about you or placing shame upon you and discouragement, that's okay because I am the Lord who is going to bring you out of all of that. But you've got to go through the process. I'm going to bring you out of that grave. And you know, when you look at a grave in a natural sense, it's gone. You're done. It's over. Once you're in the grave, it's, it's a done deal. you up in heaven with Jesus at that point. But God is saying in the supernatural, it's not over. He didn't proclaim it to be over. He didn't tell you it was over. He's telling you there's life yet left in that situation. In the supernatural, he's saying to you, fight. Don't give up. Don't let the situation dictate to you life or death, but you tell that situation there is life left in this. And God said, then I will raise you up from that grave that you're in. So whatever it is, you can come out of this. You don't have to stay this way. Nope, 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 nope. And if you walk around the house and you just begin to tell yourself, I'm not going to stay like this. No, I'm not, I'm not going to stay. No, in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to stay like this, God. I know it, it looks bad in the natural sense. I know, God, that, that people are thinking this is the way for the rest of my life, God. Mm, but, God, that's not what your words say, God. That's not, that's just, no, no, no. Your word don't tell me that I'm going to stay in poverty. Your word, God, it doesn't tell me that the enemy is stronger than you, God. The word, it doesn't tell me that I need to be discouraged, God. It, it, it just doesn't say those things, God. But, but I take courage in knowing, God, that you're here for me. That I'm not going to allow my faith to waver, God, but I'm going to hold on to what you said. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight, God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight this thing. God, because I know you're fighting for me, so i got to fight for me too. I can't give up and expect God to fight. i got to fight too. So, God, you know what? I'm not going to stay this way. Uh-uh. Nope, 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 nope. 
No, 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 no. Joblessness, you're going to change for me. Nope, 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 nope. Sickness and disease, you got to go because I'm living and not dying in the name of Jesus. You got to go. Nope, 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 nope. And you begin to speak the word of God because you put on the whole armor of God. You begin to speak the word of God because you plead the blood over the situation. You begin to speak the word of God, and God will bring you out of that. God will, he will just change the whole situation. And your spirit will just begin to leap like mine is doing right now. It's just leaping for joy that God not only sees it, not only going to breathe life into it, but God said, I'm going to bring you out of the grave that you're in. Hallelujah. No matter how long you've been in it, don't look at how long. Don't look at how long. Look at how long Job was in it. But look at what God did in the end. Don't look at how long, but look at. He's going to bring me out. God is going to bring me. I'm going to rejoice because he's going to bring me out. And no matter how much you talk positive, you've got to talk the word of God. It's not just about talking positive. You've got to have the word of God to talk that talk. You've got to have the word of God to sustain in this situation. You've got to have the word of God to fight the devil when he comes to you and tell you you ain't going to make it. Tell you that things look bad. You've got to have the word of God because that's what's going to bring you out of this. So be sober. Be vigilant. Let your faith not fail you. The word of God is not going to fail you. The word of God is not going to fail you. But I'm going to bring you out of that grave. That's what he said. I'm going to bring you out of that grave. And at this point, I just feel God telling us to rejoice right now. Lord, if I had me some some shouting shoes, I'd shout right now in the name of Jesus because I know the grave is over for me. I know right now in the name of Jesus that life is coming to me. I know right now that that grave is open and God said, I'm going to personally bring you out. Hallelujah. That I don't have to stay there. I don't have to stay there. And he said, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. Hallelujah. Not only am I going to bring you out, I don't know about glory be to God, but now I'm going to put my spirit in you to make sure that you stay alive, to make sure that that dead situation don't come back, because now you know the word of God. Hallelujah. Now you know who I am. Now you know, but I'm going to put my spirit in you, and all will be well. Mm, hallelujah. And then he said, and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I am the Lord and I have spoken and that I have done this. So that lets us know it's about God. Hallelujah. It's not about you. It's not about you. But it's about you getting to know the God that you serve in the supernatural. It's about getting you to know the God that you serve. That's what this is about. He's ready to bring you out today. But because you don't know him, he said, I got to wait because I don't want you going through this again. So I got to bring you out in a due season. Because in that season, when I bring you out, you won't see this enemy again. The Egyptians you see now, you won't see them again when God brings you out of it because I, he'll put his spirit into that. And he said, I'm going to settle you into your own land, which means like Job, he's going to bless you. Not only will he put life into that situation, but he's going to give you a little bit extra or a whole lot extra to where what was dead is now alive. And people will say, that's you. Girl, I thought you was gone. Boy, I thought you it was over. But look at God. That's all they're going to be able to say, but look at God. Because they know this is something you couldn't have done on your own. And you'll smile and say, yep, look at God. But then you'll take better care of what God has given you. Because now you know there was a process and you don't want to go through that process again. So you will take better care of what he's brought you through. Hallelujah, what he's brought you out of. Because now you know the God that you serve. Hallelujah. And he said, then you will know that I am the Lord have spoken and that I have done it, declares the Lord. 
Won't be no question in your mind who brought you out of this one. <laughs> Won't be no question in your mind who did it for you. Because you know you couldn't have done it yourself because it's been too long. And you tried everything that you wanted to try and could try. And it didn't work. But it was when you called on the name of Jesus that he brought you out. It was when you read the word of God that he brought you out. In the name of Jesus. Stand on his word. Stand on what you believe. Stand on what you know to be true. Which is the word of God. Hallelujah. Don't let nobody take the word of God from you. No one. Because the word has proven itself over and over and over again. The word of God. He said, prophesy and say, hear the words of the Lord. So you pick up that checkbook and you say, look here. Hmm. Hear the word of the Lord. I shall prosper even as my soul prospers. And you put your hand on that sickness and you say, by his stripes, I am healed. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And you continue to say that. And you say, God, I'm standing on your word. So perform, God, what your word said. And he will honor it as you prophesy the word of God and that you believe what you've spoken to that situation. God will not let you down. He said, then you will know that I have done it. I've done it. The job didn't do it. Take away your joblessness. That interview didn't do it. But I had to breathe life into that resume. I had to breathe life into that application. That's what did it. And I breathe life into you to answer the questions. I breathe life into that sickness and that disease. And it went away. You will know that I am God. Hallelujah. That's the end result. Is that you will know that he is God. Glory be to God. That's enough for me to rejoice on for a very long time right there. Is to know God is to know who he is that 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 holds me for a while right there that I can prophesy and speak the word of God into my situation and know just know it ain't over until God says it's over hallelujah it ain't over until God says it's over and I can just rejoice in knowing It ain't over. I ain't in the grave spiritually. I'm not spiritually dead. Hallelujah. But that God has not said it was over. So I will stand and I will prophesy and I will believe the word of God. Hallelujah. I'm going to enjoy the rest of my day because I hold fast to what God has spoken. I hold fast to it. In the name of Jesus. So we want to give an opportunity for salvation. We want to give an opportunity for you to know Christ the way that all the others know him. And to rejoice in knowing that he's your Lord and Savior. So we'll say this this prayer before the Lord. And in saying this prayer, it's a way of declaring to God that you are relying on Jesus Christ as your Savior. There's no more selfish intent. There's no more I can do it on my own. But it will be through salvation that we do this. It's only through faith in Jesus Christ and the resurrection that can save us. God, I know that I am a sinner. Hallelujah. And I know that I deserve the consequences of my sin. However, I am trusting in Jesus Christ as my Savior. I believe that his death and resurrection provided for my forgiveness. I trust in Jesus and Jesus alone as my personal Lord and Savior. And I accept him into my life. I accept him to lead and guide me. And I accept the blood that was shed for me. 
I thank you, God, for saving me, for forgiving me of my sins, for dying on the cross and rising again for me and for the blood that was shed. Forgive me, Lord, for my sins today. Come into my life. I accept you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. And as we accept the Lord into our life, as we accept him, he can do great and marvelous things for us. He can do marvelous things for us. So let us begin to pray and thank God for all that he's doing and all that he's going to do. I thank God for your life today. I thank God for the prayer requests that have come forth. I thank God for the communications through Grace Outreach that I've received. I just thank God right now for everything. For those that listen on a weekly basis, I thank God and I pray that he blesses your life. I pray that he touches your heart. And I pray that he gives you revelation every day according to his word as to what he wants you to do and what he is directing you through revelation to do. We thank God right now for your life and for listening. Right now, we praise you, O oh God. We give you all the glory, all the honor. We magnify you, O oh God. You are truly worthy of all the praise, God. There's none like you. There's no one greater than you. No matter how far we look and we search, O oh God, we won't find a God like you. No matter how many idols we have, O oh God, and whatever we worship in our lives, no one can treat us the way that you treat us. No one can love us the way that you love us. You are our creator. You are our Lord and our Savior. And we lift you up right now, O oh God. We give your name all the praise and all the glory right now, O oh God. Father, as you begin to put your word in us, make it fire into our mouth, O oh God. Hallelujah. That, God, when we speak your word, it becomes as fire to us, O oh God. And life as well, in Jesus' name. We just give you praise right now, O oh God. We magnify you and we worship you, God. For all of those who are sick right now, we proclaim healing in their lives right now, O oh God. We declare and we decree that healing to come forth in Jesus' name as we begin to plead the blood. And we, God, decree that they will hold on to their marriages, O oh God. That what you have put together, let nothing, no man, no situation tear them apart, O oh God. But that, God, they would honor you and their vows that they've said before you, O oh God. And we give you praise right now for that connection, for that commitment. In the name of Jesus, we thank you right now. Oh, God, we give you praise. Father, for the one who has bent down on their knees, even right now, seeking your face and praying to you, God, we ask right now, oh, God, that you begin to touch their lives. Oh, God, touch their mind, touch their heart to always hold on to your word, always hold on to who you are, oh, God, as you pour oil upon their head and anoint them for the work, oh, God, we ask that you continue to give them revelation and understanding of who you are in their life, O oh God, as you begin to speak to them and show them things that they do not know. We praise you, we worship you, and we give you honor right now in the name of Jesus. And we speak to and we prophesy to everything that is dry, everything that we feel is dead in our lives, O oh God, and we speak the word right now. And we prophesy to it and we say that it has to come to life now. We say, oh God, that it has to come to life now. By faith, oh God, by the word that it has to come now. Because we know, oh God, that even though we don't see it, we know that you have answered. And we will hold on to the fact that you will fulfill your promises in our lives, oh God. Because we know that you will not withhold anything good from us, oh God. And we give you glory. We give you praise right now, O oh God. You are faithful to us, God. You will strengthen us in our time of need right now. God, we worship you. We give you praise. We give you honor, O oh God, as we cry out to you. Strengthen us, God. Thank you for taking us out of the grave, God. Hanadabasha. Thank you for breathing life into us, God, and into our situation supernaturally, O oh God. We look to the hills from which cometh our help right now, O oh God. Hallelujah. Because we know that our help comes from you, O oh God. We praise you. We give you all the glory, all the honor right now, O oh God. As you begin to minister to us in Jesus' name. Amen.